I want to share um, something this morning. I, I really want to give a bit of feedback about three... So, so particularly if it's your first time, welcome uh, amongst us. And um, I want to really give a bit of feedback for something that I shared. Uh, we've been sharing about three or four months ago. And we began to uh, just refocus on a, um, a vision that we have with a, a new building, a building project on site to build a new community hub. The details of it are in the foyer. There's a whole plans and all sorts of stuff. And we've been talking about it as a church. But I wanted to sort of come back to that bit, give a bit of a, uh, an update, because um, people have been giving towards that. And we wanted to just inform and let people know what's happening and what's going on and where we are with things. So, and uh, weave that into the ongoing vision of, of what, what we're doing. I want to just um, speak about moving forward in faith together. And uh, so, so for some of us this morning, you've heard some of this stuff, but it's really keeping you up to date. And if you know of people that haven't made it here this morning because they're now on holiday, let them know or say, listen in to what was being shared this Sunday. It, it, it's, it's great. It's some, some good, good things happening. And I, we just want to say thank you to church and, and inform you of what's going on. And, um, but I'm going to read from Nehemiah chapter 3. So just... Bear with. Let's have a look at Nehemiah chapter 3 if you have a Bible with you. If you don't, just listen for a moment or two. It's a story in Nehemiah chapter 3. The book of Nehemiah speaks about rebuilding walls. Jerusalem was in ruins. The walls of Jerusalem in ruins. And uh, the Jewish people being gathered together by a man called Nehemiah. And they start rebuilding the walls. There's a vision to rebuild. Okay, And uh, everyone got involved. And that's the gist of chapter 3. Uh, everybody gets involved. And this is the nuance of what I want to just... Get hold of for a moment or two. Uh, so you'd have to hang in there with me. It's one of those chapters in the Bible that you read a lot of names that you can't pronounce, can't read, and then can't pronounce. And then you think, what's all that about? But there's something interesting in that chapter. So just stay with me as we read through it just for a moment or two, okay? But in, in Nehemiah chapter 3, it says it, everyone gets involved as they build in faith together. And it's that picture that I want to just take hold of this morning, as well as give you a, a, few, a few facts and figures with what's going on at the moment as well. So in chapter 3, verse 1, it reads, Elishib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zechah, son of Imri, built, the next, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hassana, and they laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakos, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshalem, son of Berkiah, the son of uh, Meshezabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, son of Bana, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa. Their nobles, however, would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. You know, it's not always for everyone. And, you know, there's no problem with that. And that's, you know, the, the, the text is true to the story. Um, the Jeshana gate was repaired by Joida, son of Pesa, and uh, Meshalem, son of Besodia. At the end of the day, if you just say it, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got it wrong or right. You, you just, just sound as if you know, you know what you're doing. They laid its beams and put its doors with bolts and bars in place. Next to them, repairs were made by the men of Gibeon and Mizpah. Melatiah uh, uh, of Gibeon and Jadon of uh, Meronoth 
places under the authority of the governor of Trans-Euphrates. Uziel, son of um, Hariah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section. And Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to him. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Rephaiah, son of Hur, ruler of the harsh district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. Adjoining this, Jediah, son of uh, Harumph, made repairs opposite the house. And Hattash, son of Hashabaniah, made repairs next to him. Malkijah, son of Harim, and Hasab, son of Panath, uh, Moab, repaired another section in the Tower of the Ovens. Shalom, son of uh, Halohesh, ruler of the Harsh district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. Very interesting. In the east, we've looked at this a lot as a church, in the east, when um, women are mentioned, it's very powerful. It was a very patriarchal society, remember that. So this is quite an incredible story. Uh, the valley gate was repaired by Hanan and the residents of Zenoah. They rebuilt it and put its doors with its bolts and bars in place. They also repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the dung gate. They really put some work in. The dung gate was repaired. I mean, how about getting that one? I'll take the dung gate. Let me tell you, it wasn't, wasn't a, it would have been quite a, quite a messy area to have done the gate. But we won't go into that. The Dungate was repaired by Malkijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim. He rebuilt it and put its doors uh, and with their bolts and bars in place. The Fountain Gate, verse 15, was repaired by Shalom, son of Kolhoza, ruler of the district of Mizpah. He rebuilt it, roofing it over and putting its doors and bolts and bars in place. He also repaired the wall of the Pool of Siloam by the king's garden, as far as the steps going down from the city of David. Beyond him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of the half-district of Bethzer, made repairs up to the point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool of the House of Heroes. Next to him, the repairs were made by the Levites under Renham, son of Bani. And so the story goes on. I'll stop there. Verse 17, right the way down to verse 32, there's a, a list, a continuing list of different families, individuals, Um, tribes, groupings of people, men and women, priests, Levites, goldsmiths, perfume makers. It's quite amazing. Basically, uh, it's really interesting when you read that. You know, sometimes in the Bible, if you're reading through the Bible in a year, there are parts you get to you think, too many names, I'll skip over that bit. But there's something in there. And so let's just look at that just for a second or two. Um, basically, when you read chapter 3, what you get is a picture that everyone got involved. Everyone got involved. There's a 20-80 principle in life. In the business world, they say there's where 20% of the people do all the work and 80% of the people watch. It's a, it's a business principle that, that, that's out there in the business world. And, and they look at increasing the 20% so it becomes... 70%, so in business, so that your business can flourish. 2080 principle, it's called. But it's interesting, in in this story, in this account, everybody gets involved. And so we see priests, Levites. They didn't say, well, you know, my job's a priestly job. (laughs) I've got to keep clean, because they did have to keep clean. So, you know, I've got to get out of this. Everyone got involved. Goldsmiths, you know, my job, I work with gold. You know, I refi- you know this, I have refined work. These hands, 
These hands are very refined hands. I, I don't dig and do dung gates and, and, and build walls. It's not my thing. Or, you know, um, the daughters, they didn't, everyone gets involved. Um, perfume makers, I mean, smelling of Yves Saint Laurent or whatever it is. Can you imagine? Um, everybody get, gets involved. And that's powerful. See, when everyone gets involved, a power is released. There's nothing more debilitating if you think that, gosh, I'm the only one. I'm the only one doing this. I'm, I'm the only one and everyone else. When everybody seems to be getting involved and you look around, you think, wow, this is a great, this is great. This is a great place to be. This is a great country to live in. This is a great town to live. This is a great family. This is a great church. This is a great area. You know, everybody goes out on West Park and cleans up all the rubbish. This is a town that really cares. This is, this is, everyone's in this together. And so we see in this story this sort of sense of unity and participation. Participation. Everyone gets involved. And if you, you know, you could easily lose by just breezing over that chapter. Um, and the second thing I would say is this from that. So that's the first thing. Everyone got involved. The second thing I'd say from, from that, we can see uh, from this account, is this. That they, they did what they could where they were. Do you notice that? They, they, they sort of did certain sections very often where people lived. So the family where the daughters got involved, it was sort of in, in their area. So it, 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 it made sense for them and it probably did good for their own well-being and looked after them. But they got involved where they were. They didn't sort of say, oh, I've got to go over there and, and, and they're doing more than me and I'm not. And everyone got involved, but everyone did what they could where they were. That's so important. Just to hold on to that for a moment. In any vision, in anything that we attempt for God, is to do what I can where I am. Then an amazing thing, God takes what I do where I am, sometimes can transfer me to where he wants, where I'm, and multiplies what I do. It's amazing. Uh, it's too often, I, I sometimes worry about doing this or doing that, or I sometimes talk, have you ever talked yourself out of something? You know, you're applying for a job and you think, I could never do that, so you don't apply for it. Sometimes we're to do what we do, where we are, where we're at, not talk ourselves out or talk it up, but just to offer who I am. Here I am, Lord, take me. Bishop Sadir was saying that, wasn't he, while he was sharing, when he was sharing uh, in our church, he was saying, you know, the prophet offered himself to God. Here I am, God, send me, I'll go for you. And Sadir was saying that in India, people are going to where the need in the heart is. And he was encouraging us as a church here I am, Lord, I give you what I am, what I've got, this is what it is, you know, not going to talk myself out, it's not enough, it's too much, I'm not going to talk myself up, I'm just going to offer and then let you decide what you want to do with me and with that. And that's powerful. Now, we, in that account, it wasn't easy, they had to work hard, they got disillusioned at times, they were opposed by people that didn't like what they were doing, and they completed the walls in a very record time, you know, you know, months, just a couple of months, and the walls were done. When it was years in the waiting, they did something in a few months. It's an amazing story. Nehemiah is an incredible, uh, interesting uh, book to read. It's really powerful. You know, there is power in the one. 
There's power in the one. You and I can really make a difference. We really can. There's power in the one, you, and then another one, 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 and then another one. There's power in the one. Sometimes we say, well, if I do, someone else will do that. But it's the principle of everyone getting involved. Every one, the power of one, and then another, then another, then another, then another. There's power in unity. There's power when I get involved. There's power in the one, and when we come together, there is a massive release. Um, Michael Jordan, the um, NBA, he's been referred to as one of the greatest players of the um, American Basketball League. Not that I follow basketball, but Michael Jordan... He's gone down in their Hall of Fame. He won six titles with the Chicago Bulls. He, um, in, his, in his short playing career, which wasn't a huge, a long time, it's like footballers in the UK, he earned $90 million. This is going back a few years. $90 million, and he made $1.4 billion in advertising. Uh, one of the most well-known, respected um, sports personalities of America. And... Uh, very successful man, you know, not just you know, financially, but in his career, he was a winner. And he said this, he said, talent, talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. He could, he could turn a game and slam dunk and win it like that. And they often did. But he said, if you want to win the championship, you need a team. Talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. There's power in one, and there's power when each one comes together. So we're talking about, as a church, yeah, okay, it's, uh, it's not the best image because of, you don't know, being a sick But uh, so uh, you, if you look in the foyer, you'll, you'll, you'll see what we're proposing. So this, this um, angle that you're seeing up on the screen um, is taken from viewing from King Street, which is the street... Uh, my right, your left. So if you were standing at the side of the church, um, we have a building um, at the back of the church, um, I would say affectionately known as the shed. Um, it's, um, anyway, it's, uh, it's going to come down. Um, after, after about nine years of, 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 of battle with conservation and planning, because they said it was grade two listed about uh, 18 months ago, Something like that, yeah. They, they agreed that we could uh, demolish it and build a new clad-style 21st century building in its place and attach it to this church, this, the, the principal building. And these plans have been passed. In the first time in the history of our church, in the past our church people have given to lots of different plans and ideas and plans would have gone up on the wall and for units to be changed. Um, those plans would never have been submitted to planning and had never been passed. But the plans that you see in the foyer have been passed by conservation and planning. It's historic. And it was a groundbreaking moment when those plans got passed. And uh, so anything that we do now, conservation and planning said that we can do, which, is, which is, was an amazing day, the day that we got the, the, the planning for that. It was a real breakthrough. And so what, what you can see there is a, is a, a building that's larger than the one that's, that's in its place at the moment and attached to the church, and it, 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 will, it will enhance and will landscape the grounds, and, and the building that's next to the church here, you know, it, it, in its heyday, 120 years ago, would have been the ladies' toilets, 
that too was grade two listed. And they've agreed that that can come down. And um, we're going to landscape that and, and make the whole site accessible. And uh, so, so at the moment, one of the things that we're now looking at is to, to make sure that um, the, the new building, that this building that goes up will be classed as an independent annex uh, and not an extension so that we can pay zero VAT. So that's something we're consulting on. This, this, that's at this very moment, that's something. And if that's the case, that, that, will, that will bring the cost down considerably for us. And we think that it is classed as an independent annex. So, so that, that would be a great thing. Um, right, yeah, you can't really... So to give an idea of the, sort of this, the size, the area covered in, in yellow, blue... Is that orange? I suppose it's orange, whatever it is. That orange, pinky, whatever colour. That, that is, will be the new building. And it will be attached to the church. And that's looking at it uh, for, as an aerial view. So on the right here, that's the church. Uh, the yellow bit there is, uh, you can see, is the new building. And then the bit at the back is what we call the community rooms, which is the refurbished rooms that, the, that we, we, we are using at the moment. It, it's a significant building uh, as a, a new community centre and, and coffee hub, and it, it would just revolutionise everything we do in, in the sense of our community work. It's not about buildings, it's about people, we understand that, but the building will enhance the way in which we can truly function as a church, and, and it's not honouring to God to have a, a ramshackle site that's rotting. It, 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 you know, it's like the walls of Jerusalem that were fallen. We, we need to sort that. And so it's been passed. So all we need now is a little bit more money and, and we can go ahead with it, which is quite amazing. So I want to just talk about that for a moment or two. So, um, so we, we want to say, first of all, huge thank you to everyone that is getting involved in your prayers, in uh, your giving. Uh, we, we've been highlighting this. We don't highlight it all the time. Sometimes people say to me, you need to say more. You need to say it more. But we, we've had key moments where we've highlighted this. This is another key moment. So you won't hear me go on about it all the time. But I will, I will say it as it is today, as I've said it a few months ago, but not keep going on about it. And, uh, but what we would want to say is huge thank you. So many people are giving sacrificially. And we say thank you, church. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts as a leadership team. We, we just so appreciate the generosity and the sacrifice that people are now uh, are giving and have done over the years. This isn't just a thing over the last few, uh, few years. I know historically over the last 20, 20, 25, 30 years, people have given continually for buildings and a new building. So uh, we, we, we really do say thank you. So... Being back to the architect, I, I, I sort of had a, a brainwave and I wanted to, I, I couldn't sleep one night. So I went back to the architect and I said, can you cut the cost of this? Can you make it so that we can still do this? But we need, because as a church, we have to raise 40%. Um, charity, the charity commission are saying to the, the network of churches that we're part of, you need 40% before you can even enter a project. We've been allowed to enter the planning and consultation, but to actually go into a project and start to build something and, and borrow a little bit of money as well, um, you have to have 40%. So um, we've been, been, you know, looking to raise that 40% of our, in our building fund. And um, so, so I went to, back to, to the architect and, and they said, you know, we, we've look, we're looking at a few things. And um, if you can show it's an independent annex, which we think that we've got a very strong case to, to show that could be used independently outside the church as well, then you, you, you won't pay VAT. Also, if we don't 
build um, initially, but put it in for the future, the, a mezzanine. We were going to do a part mezzanine floor. So it's a huge hall-spaced area with a glass uh, a welcome area uh, with a, a mezzanine floor. If we put the footings in for the mezzanine floor, but don't build it initially, but consult on it, then you can, you can save a bit uh, on that and do it at maybe at a later stage as money comes in. That's one thing they said. And also, because of the nature of a clad-style building, we've looked at it and we've maybe been a bit, they've said, a bit too zealous in um, uh, estimating the cost. And so with that, they came back and... So where it was going to cost something like 475000 we're now talking of a project of about 375000 knocked about 100000 off it. Well, so that being the case... Um, 40% of 375,000 is 150,000 pounds. We at the moment now, to your, because of your generous giving, have 146,000 pounds. We're just 4,000 pounds away from, and, and we're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if we're about 147 at the moment, but it's, it's 146,000 today. We need more than 40%, obviously, but to, 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 to make it feasible, which, which is amazing. It's a, it's, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. People have been giving, you know, one upfront donations. Also, the second thing I want to say is, we, so, so we needed 150,000, so we're on 146 at the moment. So, we're, 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 so we, we, we're looking to hopefully, we've got to get the um, VAT looked at. Uh, Elam, uh, the trustees of the Elam churches also need to endorse some things, but we're in a very, getting into a strong position to make this viable now. Um, and so the trustees will have to give us the, the green light for this um, as well. But um, our, our hope would be that sort of um, it, a, April time of next year we can make a start. That would be the hope. That would be the hope. Um, we said, if you remember, I, I shared a story about starfish, the story of the little boy. Uh, the, the, the shoreline was covered in starfish hundreds if not thousands of them a little a man is walking his dog he sees a little boy in the distance picking up a starfish throwing it into the water the man comes up and says what are you doing there that's not going to make much difference is it just you and he picks up a starfish throws it back and says it's made a difference to that one and i began to talk about the idea of uh, of the starfish fund if 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 we could um give um five pounds a week some might be able to give more some a little bit less some might not be able to, and that's fine, that's your prerogative. But if, if, if we could give £5 a week, then we, we would be looking to raise um, £1,600 a month over and above our normal general giving, at least. There's, we, we had to release more money because of uh, uh, not having other um, things that we'll be renting in the future. But at this stage, uh, can I just say, so we, we set a target of about 1600 a month so that we can help for ongoing Borrowing for the future to make up the, 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 the final amount. Can I just say at the moment, a huge thank you. Because people have, you know, got getting and got the vision. And we're at the moment 1200 a month extra giving that's coming in every month now towards that figure. Again, that, that, that is, it, it's amazing. And we want to say thank you for that. We, we could do with that getting up to about 1,600 a month over and above our, 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 normal, our general giving. Uh, and, um, but, but it puts us in a, a position whereby we're, we're beginning to, to be in a, in a, you know, the trustees would look upon this very viable, looking to borrow about 200,000 pounds, something like that, you know, roughly speaking, unless other legacies Unless the Lord brought other legacies our way and we didn't borrow anything, then that would be amazing, wouldn't it?
So as I said, plans are past. Plans are past this time, folks. You're not just giving to an idea, a vision that's been endorsed, and we believe God is opening a door. So I want to draw to a close. So if you feel that you can, so thank you. So thank you, everyone that is doing that five pounds a week. Thank you so much. And uh, if you haven't yet thought of it or you think that you could be involved in it, please then see Ian, our treasurer, come and speak to myself, uh, come and take some literature about giving. But we won't hound people. We won't come after people. We, we leave the vision. And, but we're just saying thank you so much for, for, for being involved. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Malachi was speaking to the Israelite people about, you know, providing for the temple, providing for worship, providing for the kingdom of God. And uh, he, 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 he gave a word to the people. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. You know, God says, the thing that struck me there is, test me in this. God says, test me in this. That struck me when I read that. It wasn't the blessing that struck me. Sometimes people talk about the blessing. If you give, God will give you so much. It was the fact that God said, test me. Um, God, is a, God is good. God is good. Let me tell you, if he opens a door, if he opens a door, if he opens a door with planning and conservation, when planning officers would say to me, never, never, you'll never, we'll never do this. I, I tell you the story of standing with a conservation chief conservation officer, chief planning officer, talking about pulling down this lady's toilet building, and the conservation officer went red in the face. He almost foamed at the mouth with me. He said, never, never. It's done. It's a done deal. It's amazing, isn't it? But at the time, I felt so disillusioned. I felt like giving up. Felt like giving up. Sometimes we can feel not going to happen. And then God just says, test me in this. I'm going to do it. We can sometimes be so near. There's a, there's a hairline between breakthrough and breakdown. Never give up. Never give up, folks, if God speaks. So um, if we do what we can do, I've said this many a time, been reminded of this, God will do what we can't do. How about that? If you and I say, just the one, the power of one, here I am, I'm going to give my life in prayer, I'm going to, I can give what I can only give, I can't do any more, I can't do it, but I'm going to, that's amazing. And then we'll see that when we do what we can do, what God has given us to do, what has God given you to do? Then he will amaze us with all that we can't do. There's, there's so much that I cannot do. There's so much that you and I cannot do on our own, but he can, but he can. So the Lord says, test me in this. So can I just say huge thank you? We're going to pray as we close together and just, uh, you know, God to put on our hearts where we can play our part. And, um, you know, so much goes on on site here um, in our community activity uh, across the week now that's amazing. And I just take my hat off to everybody that volunteers across the life of our church, making do with facilities and being creative. With the new hub that we'll be able to create, 
it will enhance our outreach into the community in the most remarkable way. And uh, once and for all, we'll be able to put things right that need to be put right. And um, it's not good to come down King Street and um, see a building that did it have a fire. Looks like it's had a fire. Look at you. Look at the shed now. It's a wreck. It's an absolute wreck. And it's time. It's time. Now's the time. Now's the season for God to do something new. And uh, if we do what we can do, God will do what we can't. Let's pray. So God bless you. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for your prayers. Um, We we, we really are encouraged and uh, you should be encouraged. And God bless you and God thank you. And and if you feel that you can still yet get involved, then please, please do. We we would love you to to get on board uh, in Jesus' name. So uh, perhaps the worship team will come back. We're going to sing as we close, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's all yours, and we're all yours, Jesus. So look, see our hearts, Father God. See my heart, see our hearts this morning. Here I am. I make myself available. As for me, Lord, send me. Whatever that means to each one of us this morning, only you and I know before you. But here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my hands. Here's my life. Now send me. Send me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will have your most amazing way and that you touch our hearts and stir us and empower us so that we might live for your glory. You know, as a church and as a community, we want to be able to enhance the facilities, not that the facilities are the be-all and end-all, so that we can enhance the ministry and outreach to our community. We thank you, Jesus. We truly thank you. Now we pray that you'll give us wisdom, strength, and fill us afresh for this next step, this next phase in the kingdom of God. We ask here in Long Eaton for us as a church, in our part that we play in this town and the surrounding area, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.